Welcome to season three of the Today is a Good Day podcast, a podcast to bring you a new point of support as you navigate your NICU journey. Today is a Good Day is here to be a resource for you. We share personal stories from families who have been there, important advice from medical professionals, opportunities to focus on self-care and more. Please don't forget to hit subscribe, share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening app. Before graduating from the NICU, you choose a pediatrician to care for your baby after leaving the hospital. If you're a new parent, this can be an overwhelming task, making sure you're asking the right questions and finding the right fit for your family, especially after a NICU stay. Today's guest is here to talk with us about how to find a pediatrician and most importantly, how to build a strong relationship with your pediatrician. Dr. Andrew Lubell has been in practice as an owner and clinician at Lachman and Lubell Pediatric Associates in Montgomery County for over 20 years. A native of New York, he attended Binghamton University where he graduated with honors and a BA in biology. He then attended the Mount Sinai School of Medicine, where he excelled and graduated, earning the honor of being inducted into the Alpha Omega Alpha Honor Medical Society. His training then took him to Philadelphia, where he completed a residency in pediatrics at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Dr. Lubell has been the medical director of the True North Medical Group for the past three years. He has been recognized as a top doc in Montgomery County for many years and listed as a top doc by Philadelphia Magazine the past four years. Dr. Lubell is married to Dr. Heather Orman Lubell, and together they have two wonderful sons. When he's not in the office, you can find him on his bike or boating at the Jersey Shore, but let's be honest, today he is here with us and we are thrilled to have him. Thanks for being here today, Dr. Lubell. We're glad to have you with us. Thanks for inviting me. When we talk about finding the right pediatrician for our family, when we welcomed our identical twin girls prematurely, when our surviving twin, Claire, graduated from the NICU, we we had an extended NICU stay. Finding the right pediatrician for us was very important, and especially one who had focused on preemies. So for other families who are navigating the NICU journey, or really anyone who's looking for a pediatrician, What's the first step that they should take? What questions should they be asking when they're trying to find the right pediatrician? That's a great question, Martha. I think one of the um, the first things is the relationship that you build, especially for NICU babies and NICU families, with your neonatologist is probably the first place that you should start. Um, most neonatology uh, groups know the local pediatricians very well. They know which pediatricians have particular interest in taking care of young babies, particularly premature babies. And they also know the experience level of those pediatricians in the community. The first place I would start is with the neonatologist who you've grown to trust in the, in the NICU and the nurses who have been taking care of your child sometimes for months. Um, and then other families in the NICU who may have had premature babies prior to the baby they have in the NICU now or have children in the local community that are being taken care of that know the pediatric groups and know what their experience level is with taking care of young babies. And with that, oftentimes, I mean, I remember speaking to other family members before we left the NICU to find out where they were going. I actually think that's how we found you because our brother and sister-in-law, they had their children coming to Lachman and Lubell. But what do you say to families when they do have family members who are saying, hey, you should check out this practice, you should talk to this practice? Do, should people call several practices to, to 
interview them to some extent? So I think interviewing practices is an important part. We definitely interview patients, uh, families on a regular basis. Um, we probably do less interviews with parents of uh, premature babies because their lives are so overwhelmed while they're in the NICU. But certainly calling practices, doing in-person if you can, uh, under COVID situations, obviously that's more difficult, uh, or a telephone Zoom meeting with the pediatricians to ask the questions that are most important to you, questions that the neonatologist may have, um, you know, may have prompted you to ask or the nurses may have prompted you to ask. So interviewing multiple practices is never a bad idea. Um, certainly word of mouth probably carries a lot of weight. If there have been families in the NICU who have had a great experience with a particular either pediatrician or group, that's probably going to be your best bet in terms of starting there and interviewing those folks first and seeing if you get the right feeling from them. That's that's great advice. And I know in the NICU, we had received a paper that had a list of all of the local pediatricians. It was very overwhelming. So I think your advice of talking to the neonatologist, talking to the nurses, if you've right. made a connection with other families in the NICU, talking with them and seeking out their advice and then making several calls to find out where where you really want to go. When someone has found a pediatrician that they they are planning to bring their baby in for their first visit, what's the first question they should be asking you, and especially after graduating from the NICU? So I think probably the most important question, now that I've done this for many years, it, what is your experience level with taking care of premature babies? And obviously, there's a difference between a 23-week preemie and a 36-week you know, preemie in terms of what experience level does that pediatrician or that provider need to have? The needs of a ex-23-weeker coming out of the NICU, even if they've had the perfect neonatology stay, is still going to be much greater. And so having somebody who's never had experience navigating specialists who take care of these preemies, navigating all of the needs in terms of development that these children are going to have, that's probably the first question you need to ask is what, what experience level do you have taking care of young preemies? And a lot of times these families, like our own, we were coming out of an extended NICU stay, a lot of ups and downs. We didn't know what Claire's future would look like at the time. It was difficult leaving all of the care of the hospital. We had, sure. what, 80 nurses and a team right. of doctors who were taking care of Claire on a daily basis. How do you help families transition from that NICU stay, that big team of neonatologists who were calling on a daily basis to the pediatrician where you don't talk to them every day and you might call if you need something or you're nervous you're calling too much? Right. So I think the scariest thing for families when they go home, whether they're bringing their preemie home or they're bringing their full-term baby home, who might be their first child, is the fact that nobody's monitoring that child for you anymore. And certainly with preemies who have been ultra-monitored for many, many months sometimes, that feeling of, is an alarm going to go off to tell me that she's not okay? Is an alarm going to go off to tell me that she needs to feed? That feeling of you have to follow your instincts is difficult. And I think the most important thing... <laughs> I'm smiling under my mask, Dr. Louvel. I totally agree with you. So the most important thing there for the pediatrician, and I think this is true of not just preemies, but of all babies coming home, is that they reassure you that, yes, there's not constant monitoring, but the neonatologist wouldn't have sent you home if they didn't have full faith that your child is going to do well and that you're capable and more than capable of taking care of him or her. And the second piece is reassuring them that even though you're not having somebody hovering over you 24-7, we're here for you. You're not home alone. 
And I tell parents this all the time. There's a reason we have a phone available 24-7. Mm-hmm. There's a reason there's a team of us that are you know, available to answer questions and don't think any question is silly. The reassurance to families that they're not being you know, led out of the hospital and basically out on their own without an idea of what to do is probably the most important thing you can do in that first visit. That, that's important advice. And I think the opening that, that is why there is the 24-hour line to call. Sure. I know we call that line frequently. But we, <laughs> we, but that's important for families to know. You can call when you need to. And, and it's okay, no matter what time of day to call and to make sure that you feel comfortable with your baby at home. But it is such a big transition to make. And when you go home with monitors or your baby has special needs or they're on special medications, how do you help families manage through that piece of it? So I think pediatricians who have done this um, and have experience with this understand who the other pieces of the team are in the community, whether it be the folks that are going to be monitoring your respiratory monitor, the folks that are going to be doing cardiac follow-up, whether it be the neonatologists themselves who are certainly still going to be involved in care. At Abington, we have the luxury of having you know, a follow-up clinic that the neonatologists help us to manage in the first couple of months for those babies who may have more needs, still have neonatology needs. And um, and so the relationship with the neonatologist is important. I think just to backtrack a little bit, the relationship with the neonatologist has to be uh, a good one and has to be an open line of communication while they're in the NICU so that when they're ready to come home, you understand what this family has been through, what the baby has been through, but whether the baby's been through multiple medical procedures or whether it's just been a long period of time of feeding and growing in the NICU, mm-hmm. it's important to have that communication with the neonatologist. We talk a lot about the special needs of a baby, specialist appointments, cardiologists, neurologists, but there's one big piece that is so important, especially for premature babies, which is early intervention and having the the child go through the early intervention evaluation and getting set up for services. Do you as a pediatrician work directly with early intervention or how do you navigate through the recommendations they have and the care of the child? That's a great question. So to go back to an earlier question, and then I'll answer this one, um, it's very important also that you ask, and this might not be the first time that you are sitting down with your pediatrician, but it's important that you ask what their philosophy is about early intervention in general. There are those pediatricians out there that feel that for the first six months of a premature baby's life or any baby's life, that really there's no need for intervention. And I think with preemies, that's really a mistake. So getting early intervention involved on the earlier side in that first year of life, even for babies who might seem to be doing really well, is often the most important thing you can be doing for their development, both physically and their social interactions, their speech eventually. So my group um, gets early intervention involved very early in the majority of our especially really young preemies. And Montgomery County, we're very, very fortunate to have a great early intervention team. Um, Before the pandemic, it was all evaluations that were being done in-home. Now a lot of it is being done virtually. So um, getting that early intervention, that first look at the baby, deciding what deficits there may be and what things we can really work on and what strengths the baby may have and things we can help them continue to even be better at. I think the earlier you do that, the better the outcomes are. And every study looking at uh, premature babies will confirm that. And if a family graduates from the NICU, what I hear you saying is the pediatrician might be a good place to say, hey, I didn't get set up for early intervention yet. Can you help to connect me 
with the right person so we can get that early intervention evaluation set up. Absolutely, because in all the hubbub of getting out of the NICU and other specialty care that you might be recommended to, the neonatologist might not always think that early intervention is something they need to touch on, that it's something the pediatrician is going to worry about after the baby's out. And, um, and I think it's something that's important to discuss early in the course of your outpatient pediatric relationship. With those specialists, and I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but how do you work with the pulmonologist, the cardiologist, the neurologist that many NICU families have once they leave the NICU? Sure. So one of the other things that I think is important, whether you're within a hospital system or you live in an area where the specialty needs are not as easily available, is to make sure that those specialists are communicating with each other and that you're sort of the medical home to quarterback that for the family. So if the family needs a pulmonologist and a cardiologist, that information is going to come back to you, but it's important that you make sure that those two are communicating as well because recommendations often overlap and don't always jive with each other. So you need to sort through that so that the family is not overwhelmed. That's, that's the pediatrician's job is to quarterback all of that and make sure the family's getting one voice. And that voice should really be coming through you. Mm -hmm. As the pediatrician. As their primary care yes. pediatrician. Yes. And making sure that the pediatrician has all the information from you, right, as Absolutely. the parent. So make sure that you have created a list of all the specialists and the doctors and that those are on file with the pediatrician that you're going. Absolutely. You're and, and to expand on that, during my visits, especially the early visits, and I usually carry this through right through about two years of age. Uh, when most preemies start to really catch up, I will, when I see the patient in the office and I'll sit down with the family, I'll make a list and that list will go by system. How are you doing with feeding? How, do we have any needs for pulmonology, cardiology, GI, neurology? If you take it system by system, you're able to really break it down for families. And I think it's not as overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you have seven specialists involved in the family's life, it's going to be overwhelming no matter what you do. But reassuring them that you're Collating all that information and giving them a cohesive plan is probably the most important job. Mm -hmm. And and also your care for kids not only stays with those specialists, but also later in life, talking about educational needs or challenges with attention deficit issues that might be coming up or any of that. I mean, that that is that strong relationship with a pediatrician. Absolutely. And I think if you haven't built that over the first couple of years and you get to that point where the child might be struggling with preschool or starting in their kindergarten or first grade and there are some educational needs, if that trust is not there, it's very hard for the pediatrician to have that conversation with a family that doesn't necessarily have that trust level. And I'm sure a lot of families don't even think about relying on their pediatrician for some of that guidance as it relates to school challenges or or items like that 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 might come to play for different families and for different kids. So that's that's good to know that they can go back to their pediatrician Absolutely. to talk with them about that. So I have to ask you, what is your most important piece of advice you give to a family who has recently graduated from the NICU? Breathe. Take a <laughs> breath. Get home, yes. get yourself settled, realize that your household has been enriched by this and that this isn't going to be overwhelming for the rest of your life. There's nothing anybody's going to do when you first walk through the door. And that's whether it's a preemie or your first child, that's not going to make you feel overwhelmed. So what we try to do is reassure them, as I said earlier, you're not alone. We're here 24-7. We're going to be checking in with you on a regular basis. If you have concerns, don't bottle them up. Don't make yourself not sleep at night. I always use the same phrase, 
I'd rather tell you something was normal at 11 o'clock at night than have you up all night worrying. So the first, the absolute first piece of advice is take a deep breath. If it's a mom and a dad or multiple caregivers in the house, make sure you guys are working as a team. The responsibility for the child shouldn't always fall on the same person in the house. And if you tag team this and you trust each other and you trust the person who's going to be advising you, your pediatrician, the other specialist, it doesn't have to be as overwhelming and daunting as it seems when you first leave the hospital. While that seems like such a simple recommendation, it is something that is difficult to remember. To Impossible. just breathe. To Absolutely. just take a minute and and take it day by day for sure. All right. And now, what's <laughs> the biggest lesson you've learned from a child you care for or a family that you've worked with over all of the years as of being a pediatrician? So I think there's two lessons that I've learned. One is that resiliency is incredible and that these babies, no matter how much they've been challenged, these families, no matter how much they've been challenged, tend to be happy families and they're resilient families. And so it's a message that I've been able to learn from them and carry forward to other areas of my life personally and probably professionally as well, that you know, if they can be this resilient and this happy, um, we all should have that same outlook. That's great. Dr. Lubell, so much valuable information that we talked about today. Really appreciate you being here and giving us your guidance as a pediatrician who has been taking care of families for so many years. Thankful for you. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, and it's been my pleasure. This episode of the Today is a Good Day podcast is brought to you with support from Life Celebration by Givnish and KeyBank.